Hello and welcome back to the PAL with Tani G. I'm your host, Tani G. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. Pirkei Elvis Treasury, Season 2 of the PAL, 423. Dalad Chaf a Mishnah, all about the importance of timing, the proper time for everything. Rabbi Shimon ben Elazar Omer. Rabbi Shimon ben says, Al Teratz es Chavercha Bishas Kaso. Do not appease your fellow at the time of his anger. Do not console him while his dead lies before him. Do not question him about his vow at the time he makes it. And do not attempt to see him at the time of his degradation. Rabbi Shimon Bar Lazar, this fifth generation Tana was a student of Rabbi Meir and attributed his Torah knowledge to the fact that he faithfully tended to Rabbi Meir's needs. It was Rabbi Meir's walking stick in my hand that enlightened me, Yerushalmi Mod Kutten explains. In addition to his many quotations of Rabbi Meir and Halachic Matters, Shabbos and Erevin, he was famous as a prolific expositor of homiletics and Agada. He was also a contemporary and frequent Halachic adversary of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, Simigila, and Yevamos. A warrior loves war, for nowhere else can he taste the intoxicating wine of victory. On the other hand, he pines for peace, because fear of defeat is never far from his mind. These dual emotions are no less true in the war of all wars, a lifelong battle of good and evil, one hour of repentance and good deeds. This is from yesterday's mission, but still apropos. Provides exhilarating tastes of spiritual victory, which one can no longer taste once he is in the world to come. Yet a total reprieve for the battle-weary comes only in the next world. Battle is one peaceful hour of spiritual bliss in the world to come, than the entire life of victory on the battlefield of this world from Maharam Shik. Let's see some other ideas from this Mishnah. Do not appease your fellow at the time of his anger. When approaching an angry person who is under strain, one should exercise utmost tact in order not to add fuel to the fire. It is useless to attempt to appease a person when he is in the heat of his anger, almost like seeking to extinguish a fire with kerosene. He is emotionally unable to accept pacifying words. At that moment, he is convinced that no one empathizes with him. Instead, he should be left alone to calm down. Ravion emphasizes that an attempt at reproachment at such a moment can be counterproductive, inflaming the victim's anger and causing him out of pain to respond inappropriately. This is derived from God's instruction to Moshe when he came to plead on behalf of the children of Israel after the catastrophic incident of the golden calf. God said to him, My presence will go and provide you rest. From Exodus, God told Moshe, Allow my stern countenance to pass, and then you may beseech on their behalf. See Baruchos. This was an indication that in human relationships as well, one must allow the other person's anger to pass before approaching him. As the Talmud teaches, just as one is commanded to speak of one as words will be listened to, so it is a mitzvah to remain silent when he will not be listened to from Yavamos. According to the base Avos, the Mishnah is concerned with the reaction of one who seeks to appease, not with that of the angry person, for one who is unsuccessful in appeasing his friend will become disgruntled and not want to try again at a more opportune moment. Scorn once, he fears a second rejection. Punishment may backfire. Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky often cautioned parents and teachers to be careful when threatening children with punishments for infractions. Remember that the fear of punishment may compel a child to lie. One may have to forego punishing the child as a reward for being honest, otherwise the child will feel pressured and will have no choice but to lie. A child who feels total disapproval from his parent or teacher can even be dangerous to himself. One at a time, at the bottom, Edgar Shmuel extends this idea one who solicits charity funds should avoid asking a donor to support a second clause after he has just pledged money to the first. The donor may feel inundated by requests and change his mind about his original commitment. Do not ask him to support another clause at the time of his initial vow. 
Do not console him while his dead lies before him. A mourner is inconsolable while his dead one lies before him. His loss is too immediate. Only later, when the deceased is no longer before him, can he be comforted from Rashi Machsarvitri. The mourner feels that the comforter does not really understand or fully empathize with his loss. This may evoke his anger and cause him to react inappropriately both towards the comforter and toward the true judge, Rav Yonah Medrashmul. We are also taught that mourning and grief are beneficial and should not be interrupted or disturbed prematurely. In addition to their cathartic function, they also temper a person's arrogance. It is unwise to try to remove him from the mourning state of mind before he is ready from Lev Avos. This is derived from God's response to the angel's attempt to comfort him after the destruction of the temple. He told them, don't rush to console me from Rav. Do not question about the vow at the time. Rashi offers three explanations. One should not question the circumstances under which another made a vow and attempt to find a disclaimer as a basis for nullification. Do not raise questions like, are these or those the terms of the vow? In anger, he may blurt out that the vow was made unconditionally, thus effectively ruining any possibility for annulment from Machsarvichi, Rav, and Rav Yonah. Second, when one vows to do a good deed, one must never demand that he fulfill it immediately. Such pressure may cause him to regret having vowed to do a good deed in the first place. And third, if one seeks to have a vow nullified, he should not request that another person who has also made a vow serve on the panel. The second person will, rem- will be reminded Reminded of his own vow and will cause him pain to assist in the annulment. Let's go to the next comment. Nor attempt to seem at the time of his degradation. People should be accorded the privilege of maintaining a positive public persona. In a moment of weakness, when one has sinned or harmed someone, he is overcome with shame. The company of his friends is no solace at such a time. On the contrary, it only increases his embarrassment from Rashi Rav to Pharisee Saul Rav Yonah. The principles derived from the way in which God confronted Adam and Eve after they sinned, he first provided them with clothes to minimize their shame, and only then did he address their misdeed from Rav. Maharam Shik views this clause as guidance in the art of constructive criticism. At the time when someone, when one sins, the heat of his passion creates a psychological barrier to any corrective criticism. Of such a time, the Talmud suggests it is a mitzvah not to utter words of rebuke that will not be heard from Yavamos. One should therefore not attempt to see a person in his hour of iniquity. iniquity. Their expression do not attempt teaches that when one encounters difficulty in approaching a friend who has sinned, he should realize that his friend might prefer not to see him and is avoiding him purposely. Avos al-banim. And Sefer al-Musra extends the scope of this dictum. There are times of personal distress when friends should leave a victim alone. At the moment of calamity, one's pain is compounded when others witness the suffering in a situation is only aggravated by shame. So very important, the importance of proper timing. Join us next time as we talk about not being glad when an enemy falls here on the PAL with Tani G. And I'm your host, Tani G.